Welcome back to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Titanic Minute by Minute. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Hello, listeners. We're still trapped in 1912. Please send help. Well, not yet. Oh, okay. Well, right now we're still, we're 97, though, for this minute. Oh, yeah. I screwed that up. Yeah. So, in this minute that takes place in 1997... Rose begins to tell her story. This is minute 21. Um, so this is, this is you know, let's just like air it out here. This is our last time in 97 for a while. Thank God. Yeah, I, I'm sick of being in high school. <laughs> she She's having this breakdown. She's crying because she's sort of, you know, it's all hitting her. Um, and all I can think of, because she like covers her face and she's crying is all I, all I can think of is Jack Nicholson as the Joker and Batman when he covers his face and keeps saying that he's melting. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vicky Bell's all concerned and he turns around and goes, boo. <laughs> I honestly, Rose's face is scarier. I <laughs> <laughs> had more makeup on it too. Probably. I had not thought that, but now I always will. Always will. You should have uh, Prince's Party Man playing while she's doing it. <laughs> that's another. Uh, it's another task for our listeners. So I've, I have a, kind of a observation that I still am not. I'm, I'm still unsure about this, but I, for a long time, I thought that they actually brought Rose down into the submersible. Oh, <laughs> they're just gonna leave her down there. <laughs> So they just but, so the, I I mean it's kind of lit like the submersibles were. That I think that's what did it. I think that because there was all this blue lighting, I was like, are they? But then I there's not nearly enough space. So you know there or there's too much space. So yeah. because I think you can only fit like two people in one of those. But honestly, way longer than Lewis. I should. One Lewis way longer than I should have rationally thought this. I'm like, why did they make this old lady go into the submersible? It's like two hours down. <laughs> it's probably not good for her. Oh, man. I love the idea of that. Like, Rose, you tell us the story or you're not coming back up. <laughs> it's like, okay, Rose, you and your granddaughter, we're going to stuff you into this metal coffin and we're going to go to the bottom of the ocean so you can so see this traumatic event. <laughs> Of your past. So, questions on three, or just comments on the actions of three of our favorite uh, crew crewmen on this boat. Um, one, Bobby is still just lingering. I, in fact, when she like approaches, I'm surprised he's not like right there with her. Brock sets a tape recorder and is already beginning to record. And what happened to Lewis? Did they kick him out? Uh, that's a good question. I'm. I've never, let's see, I see Bobby, I see the other guy. Yeah, the he guy who's to, actually, uh, yeah. He loved to get another big gulp of Mellow Yellow. He'll be right back. <laughs> he like shook like a big gulp, and he's like, I'm allowing it, and it just got up. Anyone need, a, anyone need anything from Taco Bell? 
the Taco Bell and the Kel dish. It's like, I got some, we're going to get some more Baja Blast. <laughs> when, when Brock turns around to get the tape recorder, he does it with like the um, ur- like the speed and urgency of a trophy husband looking for a way to unplug life support. <laughs> <laughs> Just frantically looking for the plug when she starts talking. <laughs> it's like no way I'm listening to this in real time. <laughs> she she starts telling the story. I mean this this whole st- okay. So I mean the, you want you know why she puts covers her hands on her face is to get into character. I think you're right, Joe, because she has this little meltdown on the screen. And then she's like, you know, everyone is sort of like, oh, my God, is this old lady going to bite it? What's going to happen here? And they're all sort of like, you know, what's going to what's what's happening? And then she just begins this entire monologue like it's been 84 years. And Brock, give him credit, seems like a nice guy. He's like, it's OK. Just try to remember. And then she snaps at him for it. Uh, that's called mansplaining, Rob. Well, she was just she clearly needed a. She's having a breakdown. I thought his response was fair. She's one who switches into a different character immediately. Yeah. The, like, her whole performance is just uh, just being, like, sassy and, and behaving with more vigor than you'd expect from a 180-year-old or however old she's supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> like, she won an Oscar for being what? She didn't win an her. Oscar. She was nominated. She was beaten by Kim Basinger, I think whatever literally being nominated is ridiculous and um it's basically just james cameron over and over again saying let's make uh an old lady look even older and then have her respond like a smart ass all the time and everyone's gonna love it that's all she does i also when when brock ever say the word erotic When when Brock says it's okay, just try to remember. I feel like he should just reach up and be holding like a model of the Titanic, and be like, "Just tell us where on the Titanic you were hurt." <laughs> and then she oh. would miss. She would misname like the part of the the ship, and James Cameron would run in. Well, actually, let's call it poop deck. <laughs> so yeah, so then you know he interrupts her, and we get the "Do you want to hear this or not?" All right. What what if he said no? No, no not really. <laughs> Actually what, no. What if he was just like get just... to the diamonds, you old bag? <laughs> he shakes her. Um watching but... the scene makes me wish that they had actually made him a bad guy cuz it would have been really funny watching him get angry, but instead. And yeah, his patience. I, I like this new idea that they drag her down into a submersible and he's just like shaking her and slapping her in the face There's... to get the story out. There's police interrogation lights, and Brock's yeah. like, mm, tasty cool water right here. Lewis is just hitting her with a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> elder, more elder abuse. Uh, when she begins her story, Bobby, our old friend Bobby, just has the biggest smirk because he's the world's largest mark. Like, he's just like, he's all in, believes everything. Bobby has to do a lot of smirking for his role. Yeah. It's because he's just a mark. You just, he's just, he's our, uh, he's our, if you will, avatar as the audience, just following along for everything. How many times do you think uh, whoever played Bobby asked James Cameron what to do with his arms? Because <laughs> he has like the awkward when he crosses his arms in this minute? Yeah, just because that's like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, what am I supposed to do with my arms? Is this natural? Is this okay? Is this okay, James? 
Uh, they digitally altered his arm positions in post post production. <laughs> he couldn't get it right. It's just, oh, how funny would that be if like this movie like like all of most special effects hold up, but there's just these weird Bobby arms that like just <laughs> once you point them out, you're like those aren't his real arms. They had the CGI arms in them. They accidentally use African American arms. <laughs> We're so stupid. It's, oh my god. Carl oh, Weathers, got... Carl Weathers as an arm model. Yeah. For... <laughs> <laughs> they just use his arms for Predator when he does the handshake with Arnold. Yep. <laughs> <I'm beginning. laughs> also, the beginning of her story, to me, isn't that convincing that she's a survivor, right? She said it's been 84 years. Like, yeah, we know. Smell of fresh paint, unused china, sheets never slept in. Everyone knows this. You don't need to be a survivor to know that. To be fair, what she couldn't offer information that only she knew because she could say anything. How would you corroborate it? I know it's what makes this such a great grift. It is a good <laughs> grift, but by your standards, there's really no way for her to prove she was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so far, so far. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't think I want to keep on this lying rose thing but it's just something to keep in the back of our head as we go through the rest of the movie i'm i still think that she thinks she's telling the truth but it's some dementia dream of a soap opera she watched 20 years ago oh (laughs) a night to remember yeah yeah that's right you'll notice her scenes are all in the evening when she'd be sundowning just something (laughs) to note Halfway through the halfway through the story, she just starts recapping some murder she wrote episodes. <laughs> I grew up on a southern yep. plantation. <laughs> I had previously thought these memories were gone with the wind, but they've come <laughs> back to me, and I'm ready to tell my story. <laughs> Call me Scarlet. She starts. She's just like she's just um, saying like plots from old Golden Girls episodes, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> May I, may, will you allow a digression here? Oh, absolutely. So when our brains have holes in them and we start to lose our minds, which fictional movie would you like to um, mistake for your own actual memory? Family Matters. (laughs) (laughs) Not a movie, but I'll allow it. I was an (laughs) American police officer in Chicago. No, I I was the most annoying neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's Uh, my answer. Family matter. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the movie Network. <laughs> okay. Howard Beale. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden I was the most popular newscaster because I was just telling it like it is. Oh, that's a that's a good one. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn into Chauncey Gardner from being there probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much there now. Almost there. Um, I, so this minute ends, I believe this ends with her mentioning the ship of dreams and we, uh, begin, we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but we begin to sort of see the, uh, the transition of the, uh, the shipwreck to, well, to something, I guess we don't know yet, but, um, what's it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sandwich in Lewis's mind. It just turns into a big submarine it's sandwich. The, it's a convenience <laughs> store that Lewis gets his big gulp from. <laughs> Beautiful graphic match of the soda fountain. It's like an old uh, 
old Looney Tunes where there'd be two guys on an island and they start seeing each other as food. Lewis just sees the Titanic as a giant hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Do either of you guys have anything else for this actual minute? Oh, it's Monday. It's Monday. That's why I asked. So we need to save some time for Google Group Monday, Duff. Yeah, I I have no other info. I'm so tired of this boat and the Keldish. (laughs) The Keldish, I mean. Yeah. All right. Duff. Google Group Monday. Let's hear it. Let's go right. to the Wayback Machine. Fire her up. It so, was 84 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> on a user group. <laughs> so, the sheets had never been slept in by another person besides them. <laughs> so this, I've condensed this one. This one is, I actually, it's legit interesting. So I, once in a while, the internet gives you a gem. And this is actually a good one. So this is... Uh, as I alluded to earlier, from Jane Lumley, uh, March 31st. Jane, 19- hold on. Jane Lumley. Jane Lumley. For real. For real. It's Rob's ex-wife. <laughs> How could you bring this up in our podcast? Well, this is a safe place. Is this, Rob, did, I've refreshed my memory. Is this, maybe it's the girl you, you watched this with and that you actually had a secret marriage? <laughs> that girl's name was... Jenny, I think. Mm. But so maybe, maybe this is a whole another alternate world. Yeah. When she got the restraining order against Rob, she changed her name to Jane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. I don't know. To be clear, I do not know a Jane Lumley. All right. Uh, have you gone ancestry.com or anything? No, my that that side of my family is is pretty small. So there's like four people. And so it All doesn't right. really work out. Jane, if you're listening, right. we'd love some childhood uh, photos of Rob. Please just <laughs> please send them to titanicminute at gmail.com. <laughs> or so, if you've never met me, just what you imagine childhood photos of me look like. <laughs> draw them. Open yes. up Microsoft Paint and go to work. <laughs> so the the title of this is much goofier than the actual piece. Um, the title is like... Uh, the fan fiction I've written. It's called Titanic and the Terminator. Oh, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. Go on. Summary. Both these films are about fairly incompetent women rescued by very competent men who are then left alone (laughs) by the death of their rescuer and forced at the last minute to rescue themselves from danger. So the thesis statement. And I won't read everything because there are... uh, 18 paragraphs but i'll just go through so number one we begin by traveling in time forward in terminator backward in titanic Uh, in both films the female lead is initially shown as relatively privileged unadventurous remarkable only for her looks she is given significance only by her connection to another time the future in Terminator, Old Rose is the last survivor in Titanic, and by the fact that the male lead desires her. Uh, both male leads come from a different, far less privileged world than the heroines. Both heroines are fascinated by the hard world from which the heroes come and encourage them to tell stories about it. Both male leads are full of practical knowledge and disaster, not shared by the heroine, and not altogether justified in Jack's case. Parentheses, how does an artist come to have such good ideas about how to cope on a sinking ship? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. 
So far, so blah in gender terms, but here's the real twist. When it comes to sex, there's something of a role reversal. In both films, actual sex, parentheses as opposed to romance, <laughs> is clearly initiated by the women, and they are also dominant during sex. In Terminator, Sarah is on top. In Titanic, there's a brief shot of Jack looking overcome and Rose reassuring him. Uh, in order to be together, the romantic pair have to overcome a malign external force, the Terminator or the sinking, but also society itself, the police and psychiatrist in Terminator, the class structure embodied in Cal in Titanic. In both films, the representatives of society, police, Cal and Rose's mother respectively, are strangely blind to the menace of the external force. In the end, the hero can only defeat the malign force by sacrificing himself for the heroine. I've read you maybe 20% of this post. It is very long. It's practically a uh, undergraduate paper, but uh, it there are when I thought about it a lot of parallels. And and it also I think reveals why James Cameron was so mad about Wonder Woman. You can sort of see that he sees himself in in these characters in these movies like he as the male liberator of women. Like he's some mm-hmm. kind of hero that comes in and makes these movies and provides women the opportunity to become heroes. And that's why he's so mad about Wonder Woman because he had nothing to do with that movie. <laughs> so he's like, a woman. Oh, excuse me, and I'm she, the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she Wonder Woman didn't need a man to teach her how to be powerful. Really, she just and, inna- and, she innately was. And now James Cameron is his hubris has grown so much that he doesn't see himself just as liberator of women, but now the liberator of humanity that he'll save the planet through his avatar franchise. Mm. I love it. I love it. He will. Cause it, that sort of like does sum up like this, these sort of like performatively woke men that they're, they're not really genuinely feminist. They just love themselves for being feminist. Yeah. Getting and, something uh, that other people don't get. James Cameron, accidental feminist. <laughs> that said, I would choose James Cameron over Kurt Cameron any day. <laughs> I wonder Thank if they're you. related. What about Candace? Where does she rank? Um, ahead of, in the Cameron rankings, she is ahead of Kirk, but behind James. Ah. We'll have to think about these Cameron rankings. Oh, thank you, Rob, forward. for bringing some intellectual heft to this discussion. <laughs> hey, it's what I'm here for. That's a good point. That's that's, that's how I I wasn't actually listening. <laughs> it, He's uh, watching Family Matters reruns in the background. I was while in I my head. I closed my eyes and I imagined I was ice fishing with my annoying neighbor. <laughs> Did you get stuck on the roof with Urkel again? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do either of you guys have anything else for this minute today? Nope. Nope. Do you have any heart to heart hearts you want to give Eddie before we log off here? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh tough. Do you want to let the kind people know where they can uh find uh find more about us? Yeah, find Titanic out. Titanic Minute at Twitter or Facebook, uh all one word. Uh Titanicminute.com can email us titanicminute at gmail.com and while you're at the website be sure to sign up for the weekly newsletter that's right thinking feeling and then you know give us a review on itunes those those are nice Only good and ones, uh, we'll though. be back tomorrow 
for minute 22. Thank <laughs> you.